I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Great to have you, and this is going to be a fun one. Uh, when you read the Bible, uh, well, let's, let's, let's look at it this way, and then we'll go the other way. The fastest way to make a mistake is to not read the Bible in context. And, of course, the context of the scriptures around it are very important. But also important are the time and the place and the culture in which it was written. It really brings it to life. So if you want to really go deep and understand scripture, one of the key things is to understand uh, the culture in which it was written. Well, today's guest uh, is a wonderful teacher of scripture. In fact, she has this whole series called the Bible Recap Series, uh, and a lot of people have benefited from that. Uh, Her name is Tara Lee Cobble, and she has a new book out that really can help help you not just understand scripture and, you know, read it, but picture it. Uh, And it's a beautiful illustrated book on Israel. It looks just like this. It's brand new. It just dropped uh, and you can get it where you get books. It's called Israel Beauty, Light and Luxury. So we're going to walk through some of this today uh, and you'll see not just why it's significant, even important, but uh, what what you can learn. We're going to help you understand the Bible a little better today. How much fun is that? Chat is open. Hello, Loretta. Anybody that's watching live, you're invited to jump in and be a part of the conversation. We love having you here. Tara, Lee, welcome to Life Today Live. Thanks for having me, Randy. It's good to be here. Did you hear that? I almost just called you Tara, and it very clearly says Tara Lee right here. (laughs) There's even a hyphen in there, so you know that the word is Okay. Let's jump into... Uh, the new book, I know you're very excited about it. This is a, a long uh, work of passion on your part. Uh, before we get into the book itself, tell people just a little bit about yourself and why you're passionate about God's Word and about understanding it in the context of the time and place. So I've been a Christian since I was about four years old. My second memory is my brother Jason leading me to Christ. My first memory is saying John three sixteen with my mom. And the reason I was saying it with her when I was two and a half or three years old is um, she would rock me to sleep every night saying John 316 to me. And so I learned it before I could speak it. And um, I grew up in a family and a culture uh, that was steeped in the word of God. And yet I was a full grown adult in full time ministry before I had actually read the whole Bible. And I just it was transformative for me to read the Bible in chronological order, which is not front to back the way it's laid out, you actually flip around quite a bit to do chronological. And so when I began to understand the story of who God is, it transformed all of these things that I had learned informationally. um, I became just so zealous and passionate for in a relationship with God. And um, that changed everything for me to go from just believing it because it was true um, to living it because I loved him. Uh, That's very cool. that interesting that you did that and chronologically as best we can guess because there's some we don't know but when you when you read you know full books of the bible instead of just verses or even full chapters sometimes i i've found a lot of times i've gone through and go oh i didn't quite understand that in context <laughs> right. did that put a lot of things in sort of in place for you 
so much. Oh my goodness. There were notes that I had taken in the margins of my Bible as I'd been reading through, you know, throughout my life, things I had written in the margins, <laughs> conclusions I had reached by plucking things out of context that <laughs> right. I have, I've marked through now. I've scribbled through them and I'm like, oh, I was totally wrong about that. <laughs> uh, and so you do, you, you gain a different understanding. It's like nobody would go to a movie theater and drop down for five minutes and expect to understand the plot or the motives and the heart of the main character if you just see a fraction of the scene. Um, we don't treat anything else in life the way we treat the Bible, and it's a shame um, that we treat the Bible that way. Um, and so I love being able to read it in context and just learn more about who God is. So when you get to Israel, because you've been there many times, um, you've seen where Jesus walked, uh, you mm -hmm. know, you've I'm guessing that you've uh, stood on the Mount of Olives where you can look down to where the temple was and you get a real sense of what Jesus was was saying when, you know, when he said that this thing would be torn down. What did walking the land and seeing the places do for you? Oh, well, first of all, my my parents had gone to Israel several times before I got to go the first time. My dad used to lead tours there. And so I had... Um, all of this information about Israel, much like scripture, I had this information and I didn't really love Israel. Like I didn't particularly want to go. I thought Israel was brown and sepia toned and there were camels <laughs> everywhere and everything was sand and ruins. And because that's the bulk of the pictures that my dad would show me, it was like, here's the site. And to me, it's all like, that's all sand and ruins. And it didn't, didn't seem enticing. Um, and so the first time that I went, I went with my church. Uh, my dad stopped leading tours shortly after I was born. And so um, I, I went with my church in 2012 and it changed so much. It, again, it was a little bit like my, my knowledge of scripture. Like when I engaged at this new level um, in this 3D level, mm -hmm. I fell in love, not only more in love with scripture, but more in love with Israel. And it's, it is, beautiful it's a mediterranean paradise i had no idea hmm. and it's just vibrant and lush and the food is amazing it's like the same the same environment as like greece and italy and um it was incredible and that was that was great but as far as my love for the lord and my knowledge of scripture what i tell people because i never want you know there are a lot of people who will never get to go to israel hmm. and i never want them to feel like that they're they're going to have an inferior relationship with the lord or understanding of scripture because they can't make that trip right um, so the way that I say it is, uh, it would be kind of, so I'm a single person and um, I've never been married, but if I were dating someone and I were in love with that person, that's amazing. If I were to go to their hometown and see where they grew up, mm -hmm. meet their family, meet their relatives, it wouldn't make me love them more, but it would help me understand them in a way, um, You'd be like, oh, that's where that's why you say that phrase that you say, <laughs> right. that colloquialism. That's where that came from. Or that's when your accent sneaks out, like now I get it. And yeah. so to me, it's just kind of like going to to meet the family is what it feels like. And it it puts a new dimension on the relationship that um just kind of it serves to inform things better, to see the culture that Jesus grew up in and the people who are still um keeping some of the laws that Jesus would have lived by and the landscape to be able to see the size of things when you're there the sea of galilee i imagined this massive body of water mm. you stand at the north end of the sea of galilee on the mountain where they believe jesus would have preached the sermon on the mount you can hold the whole sea in your field of vision at once wow. and to know that in this tiny little body of water on just this one fraction of land i think it's like 12 miles jesus 
did so many of the things that that transformed eternity in mm. that little space right there. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible to see just how how small it all is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very cool. And I hear I hear that from everybody. I've never been. And I, again, mm-hmm. I don't feel guilty about it, but I do understand the insight you get when you walk the land. I've experienced that, you know, in right. other places, certainly like when we went to Rwanda after the genocide there, I'd seen the news, I knew the stories, but when you walked around and you saw, you know, the people and the places, it just, it brought it home to a level that just never goes away. You mentioned something I want to ask you about, <laughs> because one thing, you ever seen like uh, Ocean's Eleven, uh, the movie, you know? I haven't. I'm sorry. I know I'm culturally. No, no, no. uh, That's fine. It's just that there's there's this weird little thing in that movie that that just makes me smile if I catch it on TV or something. In in the movie, Brad Pitt, uh, who I think is hilarious, he's always eating. He's always eating in Ocean's Eleven. And you can watch the movie and never really notice that. But it's it's just this kind of running gag that he's got going. Mm -hmm. Jesus kind of does that. I mean, how many times in scripture do you look and Jesus is eating? I mean, even after the resurrection, what does he do? He sits down and he's cooking fish on the shore. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like if you, if you, once you, someone points that out, you start going, oh, wow. He did a lot around food. You mentioned the food of Israel. How is that? Oh, it is too good. It's too good. <laughs> I tell people, so I lead, I lead tours there now, followed in my father's footsteps and I lead trips there. And so I tell them, pack your stretchy pants. Like it is, <laughs> it is too good. Uh, it's incredible. And um, it's funny that I never really cared for honey. Honey was not something that I particularly mm. like ate. When I tried honey in Israel, I'm like, I understand the branding now. I understand the land of milk and honey. Now, I, it was like, oh. I had never tasted honey in my life. And there's this man who lives in the in the Golan Heights in the mountains, and he has um, beehives on his rooftop. And every time I'm there, I go by and I buy some honey from this man. And it is there's no packaging, like it's it's not a sealed jar. Sometimes you put some in it, um, and it's just it's the food is incredible. Part of it is that uh, it's on this volcanic soil, so everything is nutrient rich, um, and it's just so packed with flavor. So I, I, th- I think, well, that's very interesting. Um, and, and feel free to bring honey. I love honey. So feel free to, you know, <laughs> just pack a little extra next time. Uh, I, I don't think that's accidental on the part of Jesus. Um, cause I don't think it's about stuffing our faces. Do you experience a, a bonding, a fellowship with people on these trips when you sit down and take the time to eat with them? Truly it's, it's really, um, the, you know, the first thing we do when we get to Jerusalem is we take communion mm. um, as we overlook the city. And even that moment, just that that little bit of bread, that little bit of juice, um, that moment, I think it is, it's at least the food, but it's so much more than right, the food. Right, right. And uh, there really is just this, this kind of um, a bonding that happens over those meals, over those experiences. And I think that's something that in Western culture, we may have lost a little bit. Yeah. We eat so fast. Yeah. We um, we don't taste our food. We don't sit down and enjoy and savor. And it seems like uh, Jesus lived at a slower pace of life mm-hmm. and um, that he really took the time to engage in those things and those conversations around the food. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is not a foodie show. I just find that. interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, this is the book, Israel. 
and you, you you take the time to sit and, and sort of taste the land, uh, the beauty, the light, and the luxury of Israel. Walk us through a little bit of the book so people are interested will know uh, what they're getting here. So uh, listeners, viewers, if you are thinking of Israel and you've never been, what do you picture? Do you picture it as brown and sepia tone? <laughs> because that's how I pictured it and that's how a lot of people do. And um, whenever I went and saw that it was different, I came back eager to share that with people, to show my pictures. And people were like, I never knew Israel looked like that. That's incredible. So I started leading trips there. And I had uh, when when COVID hit, my trip in May of 2020 was canceled. And so I I missed Israel. I, I was like, I'm not going to get to go. So I started ordering all these photo books and coffee table books of Israel, except they were kind of the same pictures that my dad had always shown me of just the ruins. Because I guess when people buy a book about Israel that's a photo book, they want to see the sites. Mm -hmm. But there's so much that you miss when you're just looking at it would it would be like if uh, somebody sent you a photo book of america and it was all only the statue of liberty and the liberty bell and the gettysburg battlefield yeah. like that that's not necessarily what you experience in america um and so i had this idea that i took to my publisher i was like i want to prove to people that israel isn't brown <laughs> I I want to do a photo book and my publisher had never done a photo book before. So it was a real risk for them. But um, it worked out that uh, a photographer friend of mine, we were able to get into the country on work visas while the country was still shut down and not open to tourists. Hmm. So we spent five weeks traveling all of Israel by land and then by helicopter to shoot the whole country wow. when everything was still closed. So we have all of these sites empty beautiful hotels empty beautiful beaches mostly empty all of these incredible and we got to go eat at these incredible restaurants because there were businesses were still open for locals but by and large the tourist population everything that we were shooting um in these in these spaces there has there would be no other photo book that could happen mm. uh, that looks like this uh because we just had this rare opportunity wow now that's that's very interesting because yeah i would think most you know if you want to show the Wailing Wall or something, it's going to be packed, you know? Um, so what, what, what all do you show? I mean, do you, well, do you include some of the, the sites that people do want to see? Yeah, we do. And in fact, um, what we've done for people, so it's this, it's designed to be a coffee, a luxury coffee table book, the kind of book that you put out as a piece of art. And we want people to be intrigued by how beautiful it is so that even people who don't know Jesus or don't love Jesus would be drawn in by the cover and want to flip through it. And what they're going to bump into is the Lord. They're going to open these pages and they're going to just flip through incredible food, beautiful beaches, beautiful hotels. And then there are 31 devotionals that are tucked in that are the sites and the passage of the scripture and the explanation of the site. And these are essentially little snippets of the devotionals that I give when I lead tours there. So for people who can't afford the trip or can't do international travel or for whatever other reason they aren't able to visit Israel, it's like uh, it's like a little trip to Israel on your coffee table. Nice, nice. So what are your what are your favorite sites? What do you like to what do you enjoy uh, the most? I, my favorite site is a place called Mensa Christi, and it is on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. And it's called Mensa Christi. That means the table of Christ. And it is, it sort of references something that you just talked about, the table of Christ, <laughs> Jesus, how he eats after his resurrection. And he does, he shows up in the room with the disciples and eats like after he's resurrected. But he also tells the disciples, go back to Galilee. I'm going to meet you there. And 
they're out fishing mm -hmm. in the in the Sea of Galilee, back to their old lifestyle from three years prior. And he shows up on the shoreline before dawn. It's dark outside. And he's like, have you caught any fish? And they say no. And he Jesus does a callback to when he first called them three years earlier. Yeah, yeah. He says, throw the nets on the other side. Well, that's what he did when he first met them. Mm -hmm. And they throw the nets on the other side. They pull it in. They have all these fish. And they realize it's the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know this. Yeah. We remember this. This is what he did before. And so he, they bring their fish in and it says that he'd already laid out some fish for breakfast for them. And there is this big, wide, flat stone. And the thing, Randy, that's that's super cool is that that shoreline in that part of the Sea of Galilee, it hasn't changed in 2000 years. Mm -hmm. And that's the only natural harbor and the only natural port in that part of the Sea of Galilee. Mm -hmm. So they are almost certain that this would have been where the fishermen who lived in Capernaum would have gone sure. to fish. Yeah. That would have been the spot. And so there is this big, wide, flat rock on the shoreline. And if you've ever been camping, you know, when you're setting out your food, you're looking for a stump, uh, like some sort of makeshift table that that's in nature there. Yeah. So it's possible, possible that that big, wide, flat rock is maybe where Jesus would have laid out breakfast for the disciples. Well, I mean, so, at, the, at, at the very least, it, it's the same idea, you know, right? whether it's mm -hmm. the same rock or not kind of doesn't. Right. really matter but but you get you get the picture you get the scripture comes to life in 3d mm -hmm. right in front of you kind of thing are there any passages that maybe you really transformed in in your understanding in mind because you saw something like that i mean that would be a good yes. example of one actually my favorite one is um when Jesus is on Palm Sunday, Jesus is walking down the Mount of Olives. And so the landscape of, of Jerusalem, when you when you're walking down the Mount of Olives today, if you're walking down the, the, the hill to get to the bottom where the Garden of Gethsemane is, um, there are all these gravestones all along the hill, thousands and thousands of them. And they've been there for thousands of years. Hmm. And um, there are still like I, when I was there last time, there was a funeral service being held because they're still burying people there. They're all these grave sites. Mm -hmm. And um, on Palm Sunday, when Jesus is walking down and his followers are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees are like, hey, tell them to pipe down, like keep it down. And he says, if they were silent, the very stones would cry out. Now, I don't think he's talking about flint and rock and shale and pebbles along the sides of the road. I think as he's walking down the Palm Sunday road, I imagine him gesturing to the to the gravestones oh, that they're wow. and saying, if the souls of the living don't praise me, the souls of the dead will cry out to praise me. I think he's referencing all those people who are buried on that hill, that that's what he's pointing to there. Wow. Okay. I've never heard that. That is, yeah. that is wild. Hmm. Okay. It's one of the things that uh, it didn't occur to me until I was reading that passage aloud as the group is walking down the hill with me yeah, yeah, and they're silent, very stones would cry out. And I'm like, this <laughs> hillside is filled with gravestones. And Jesus often, as he was teaching people, would use things that were in their immediate vicinity as references. Right. And so, you know, when he's giving the Sermon on the Mount and you sit on that mountain there and we're reading through that sermon and flocks of birds fly overhead, I imagine him being like, look at the birds of the air, how yeah. they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And look at the lilies of the field. And I just imagine him gesturing to the actual things that are in their view. Yeah, no doubt. And so it makes sense to me 
that as he's walking down, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Yeah, that's that's also why I think Jesus was probably not a carpenter, but a, a stonemason. Stone uh, mason, because, yeah. So, are you on the, okay. All right, so oh, I'm, totally, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, explain that to people because I, I've said that to some, <laughs> I won't name names. I said that to someone who's on our <laughs> broadcast show. Um, and I got to look like you're, you're, you're a heretic, you know? And I'm right, like, no, no, yeah. no, no, let me explain as best I understand. And I hadn't been there, the, the mm-hmm. land. Explain why it was. Probably, I mean, it could go either way with because the, the literal word craftsman means both. I mean, incl- it's inclusive of all those trades. But wow. why why would he p- probably be a stonemason? Yeah. So the original, the translation, uh, the word tecton, it, it does mean like a person who works with their hands, a craftsman. Yeah. And so tectons, when the German translators were translating it to English, their understanding came from what the tectons did in their day, what the craftsmen did in their day. So in that part of the world, in Europe, tons of trees to build with, that's what people built out of. Mm-hmm. When you're in Israel, not a lot of trees. Well, especially back then, they, they have more trees now, thank God. Um, but it's on this volcanic soil. It's, it's volcanic rock everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then there's parts of it that are lots of limestone. And uh, lots of things in that day were built out of stone. When you go see the ruins, you see a lot of that. And so... Jesus like was probably building with about 70% stone, 30% wood is what they estimated tectons used in that day. Mm. And um, there's just a lot of things in scripture. He's always talking about stones and the stones that the builders rejected will become the cornerstone. And he is the foundation stone. And all of these stones that we see through scripture, it's another theme that we see represented there. And even the fact that um, where he was born, was likely in a cave, not a wooden barn like we picture it, but likely in a cave. There are caves everywhere. And those people would build their houses on top of the caves. The caves would act as the place where they would keep their animals. In the winter, they would come in and stay in the cave and they would carve the feeding troughs out of the wall. So his manger was likely a stone thing carved out of the wall of a cave, not a wooden. Right ruining everyone's nativity scenes i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> well and, but, and very we very europeanized uh a lot of the gospel which is not out of malice or anything it's just just understanding of the times but i right. love how you're by doing what you're doing you're getting i think of an even deeper understanding again no, no condemnation for those right who yeah think he's a carpenter or haven't been to but i, I just love the the depth and insight i mean this is you're passionate about this. This has changed. This has changed everything for you, has it not? Truly, truly, and it still continues to. It's every time I go, there's some new understanding that I have. This I just took my. I think it was my 19th or 20th trip, and it's incredible. I just keep. I love that we never plumb the depths of him. That there's always something new to learn about him. That he's always transforming our hearts in some ways, um, calling us to new understanding, calling us to repentance, um, calling us to to greater depths and higher joys. And um, I get that every time I go, every time I open the pages of the Word, um, when I engage with other believers. So uh, for for people who never get to go to Israel, um, Again, I always want to be really careful not to make people feel like they have a lesser relationship with God or understanding of his word. Um, and the more we read and study, the more we can gain those understandings, sure. even if we don't. Yeah, and it's and it's fun to do it with pictures, <laughs> it re- <laughs> really, because really- we're visual creatures, you know. So if you want to take a visual uh, trip to Israel without having to go, or maybe you can't go, uh, pick up 
Tara Lee Cobble's book, Israel. Uh, beauty, light, is that right? Beauty, light, and luxury. How, why the luxury? What's the luxury about? Um, the luxury is, I think, because this the idea behind this was to appeal not only to believers, but to unbelievers mm-hmm. and sort of draw them in so that they would stumble into Jesus. I think the idea of a coffee table book is kind of, it's a kind of a luxury in and of itself. Like it assumes you have a coffee table. It assumes you have space. (laughs) And so for somebody to have the space to put a beautiful book like this, um, it assumes that there is, uh, there is some idea in them of appealing to beauty. And so we just kind of wanted to draw in those people who maybe wouldn't be drawn in if it said like, beauty light and devotionals about jesus right, right. um right. So it's not necessarily a bait and switch but it definitely is like a come in see what we've got in here and then they find jesus yeah no and and i i get that that's very cool and what a great gift idea by the way if you're you're like oh yeah mother's day is coming up or if you're like my wife and you think about christmas year round because <laughs> <laughs> which is great because i don't think about it until about christmas eve so um yeah we we, we complete each other in that regard I want to ask you real quick, um, I'll show you real quick, I, I mentioned the Bible Recap series, and this is her website here at terraleecobble.com, which looks like that, uh, and, and then you've got the the Bible Recap podcast uh, and the radio uh, feature called The God Shot. You're, you're very dedicated to helping people understand the scripture. Um, I'm curious what you're seeing out there, because after COVID, which really rocked a lot of people's worlds. I mean, I'm one of those guys that it didn't affect a whole lot. And so, mm-hmm. I, but, but man, a lot of people it did. And I think especially for, I know it did my kids and they're in their twenties, uh, because it kind of shook everything that people knew and a lot of people's security. Uh, hey, are you seeing any kind of increase for people to go, you know, I, maybe I, I want to know a little more about the Bible or maybe mm-hmm people like you that grew up in the church that thought, you know, I want to go deeper into scripture. Is, is there a hunger and thirst out there? Oh, for sure. And it's super, it's, uh, it's just so encouraging to me how many people want to read and understand and love scripture. Hmm. When we launched the Bible recap, we launched it in Jan- January 1st, 2019. So it is a read through the Bible in 365 days program. There's a podcast, um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, there's, we have a YouTube channel where I, do it on video. Um, and there's also the book, which is sort of an abridged version where it's just two pages a day. So it's like eight minutes a day if you do the video or the audio, two pages a day if you read it. Um, and what we're finding is that people who started with us January 1st, 2019, not only have they continued to do the program every year, read through it again every year, but then they, you know, the next trip through their husband's doing it with them. And then the next trip through their kids are doing it with them. And then the next trip through their whole church is doing it with them. And so there is this contagious joy that happens when we actually engage with the living God, come to understand his heart and fall in love with him. And what that does, I, my prayer, Randy, was that 300 people would read through the Bible with me with the Bible recap. And we're, we're just shy of 250 million downloads with the podcast alone. And so, um, Turns out a lot of people out there want to read, understand, and love the Bible. That's cool. And as they fall in love with him, they're spreading the joy with other people. Because we like we, we end every day by saying he's where the joy is. And I don't know about you listeners, viewers, but I'm after the joy. I want the joy. And so if I can engage with the joy of the living God, 
bring it on. I want to be in the word every day for the rest of my life, not just to finish a read through the Bible plan, but I want to, that's not the goal. I want to be in the word every day of my life. Hmm. That's wonderful. Well, uh, Lisa, who's watching right now, says she started it uh, in January 2023 and she loves it. So, I mean, you're Thanks, obviously, Lisa. <laughs> I know, right? You're obviously um, having an impact leading people into God's word, which is really, really awesome. I mean, that's, uh, that's that's an honor and a privilege, uh, and I know you feel that way too. Before I let you go, by the way, thank you for your time. This has been fun, uh, and I would you know encourage people just to put the pictures to the words, you know, uh, and get the book. Is there anything you want to mention before I let you go? I just am grateful for you and and your listeners and your viewers and people who who want to know and love God better. Um, be encouraged. There's a lot in the world that is um, trying to call us to fear and hatred and mm-hmm. anger. And um, there are things to be fearful of and there are things to be anger, angry about and there are things to hate. Um, but by and large, um, I find that the more I lean into the word of God and knowing who he is, uh, just the more joy that fills my life and my days. You know, I mean, that desire right there to to really know God, I think is a part of that that healthy, holy fear of God. In other words, this is something so big and so awesome that I I want to know it, and I want to know it as best I can. And that fear of the Lord casts out all other fear, Scripture tells us. Really does. Really does. Very cool. Well, thanks again. This has been so much fun. I appreciate you. Appreciate your work. People, be sure to check out her website at TaraLeeCobble.com. You can find more about the Bible Recap. Pick up the new uh, luxury book on Israel. uh, (laughs) And and check out all the other great things she has. If you want someone to walk with you through Scripture, uh, Tara Lee is doing a wonderful job. And she'll welcome you along the journey. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, If you haven't subscribed or liked or followed, please do that. And we'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. I want to know this book. It's the only book he ever wrote. You need to know the Word of God. You need to know what God's book says. It's God's Word, brother. It's your food. It's God's book.